man, Kotaku's busy pushing a website that will turn that will turn your dead animal into a stuffed pet. Like a, like a little plush toy thing. So and, as a person who is are whose family is in the veterinary industry, I'm aware of like more than one of the things that like exist that you can have your cremated pet put into. Stuffed animal was not one of them previously. Uh, yeah, I and the issue is these are like really well done. Like they're not uh, Oh, no, it's one of those things where it's like the Tesla business model where like they had to start out with the Model S and then work their way down to the like generic family sedan like it always starts out with these like amazing artists making like doing glass blowing that's like super impressive and the colors are amazing and then like it works its way downward from there it's not like there's a lack of talent in these people it's just sometimes you get into a should you yeah it's, it's the glass blowing's fine but there's some like should you moments oh no as the guy as a person who learned to glass blow from a guy that does the like ashes in glass blowing stuff to pay the bills occasionally He's even a little weirded out by it. Yep. But, like, the, this is Cuddle Clones, and they'll make figurines oh, or granite did memories. they have to name it that? Oh yeah. Or they'll make a fucking stuffed animal for you. And oh. they'll also do, like, chibi pets and shit. Like, they'll do, like, just fake plushes for you, too, because it's a picture of a blue fox on their website that they made into a plush. There's... That is one of those things. That's oh my god! Like... They'll turn your dog into slippers. <laughs> that's terrible. It, it's one of those things that's gonna like wind up on like my strange addiction. That's like I'm addicted to my dog. I it died, so I got sad and I made a plush of it, and now I cuddle with it nonstop. I can't hold down a job, and I can't have a steady, steady significant other. Like it's friggin' awesome. That's disturbing. Click the link. Click the link. You need to see this website. Custom stuffed animals. Oh. Uh, the stuffed animals. I mean, I guess they're one cries. The stuffed animals look amazing. Yeah, they're like, way the, too good. Yeah, they're... Especially on some of the smaller animals, it's like, yes, this is just duplicate size. Yep. Well, so, as a monster... Testimonials. I'm, oh no, I'm going down. I'm going into the void. I'm kind of curious if I could get a cuddle buddy or a cuddle clone made of a pet that's alive still. There's like, definitely or there's already like pictures of um like some of these animals like in the same shot as their quote unquote cuddle. Clone. Oh my god, they did a horse. They did a horse. Yeah, you can you can get them made of living animals. But so as a jackass monster person. What I want is to get a cuddle clone now and, like, make the dog or cat or whatever super fucking jealous of the cuddle clone. <laughs> I almost want to see if they'll do it of, like, a person so I can, like, take someone in my life and be like, I've replaced you. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, oh, my God, they have a donkey. Yes, but I, I'm looking to do it to a human. <laughs> Holy fuck, they have a... They have a they have a toy pony one, like the like the Himal like the tiny like four foot tall horses. That is fucking adorable and wrong. Fucking Shetland ponies. Yeah. Shetland assholes. They're given their uh, chosen name. Yep. Oh my okay. god. I see a picture of some person definitely got a cuddle clone of their horse, and they have it next to their horse. 
It is disproportionately larger than the horse. Oh, they got a donkey with one eye. I guess I'm just getting to where you're at already. They did chickens! Check the other tab! Check the other tab! What other tab? If you go to the gallery, there's an other tab. There's fucking ferrets oh, and I rabbits the... and chickens and hamsters and... Was even a I wasn't parent. in their gallery. I was in their testimonials. Yeah, the gallery's where it's at, man. Oh, That's the where the creepy gallery. shit is. Oh, Jesus. What have we done? Uh, mice. Or chip. Oh, they have names. Yep. Uh, birds. I mean, you could resurrect uh, Drigger. Um, he will be. as alcohol. As alcohol, this is true. He is currently growing apple trees. He is currently growing apple trees. But yes, Something Wicked Studios, in no way sponsored by the freaky-ass weirdo website, CuddleClones.com. <laughs> and yeah, go check it out, I guess. The ferret. <laughs> Who loves a ferret Bunnies. enough to make a plush out of them? Just get a, just get a tube sock and fill it with stuffing. <laughs> It's the same thing. Just take a tube stock and fill it with rice. Yeah. And they can bite you. That's what a ferret is. <laughs> Ferrets are assholes. And put a uh, clothesline clip on it so you can pinch or bite yourself with it. Filter by name? What? How would I know the name of the animals that you did? Holy fuck, there are fish. Lizard? Where's the lizard? If you go There's to lizards. the filter by breed, there are options. Yeah, there's other things here. Goat. That are not shown. There's a cow. There's a goat. There, There's a other lot of cows, actually. Mixed. There's a kangaroo. And there's a... There's a toidle. We need to shut this down or we're never going to get off of yeah. it. Okay. That said, their turtle plushes are disturbingly good. <laughs> I'm sorry, their bird plushes are disturbingly good in general. Like... Check out the cockatiel section. That is some decent-ass bird work they've done. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. In other slash mixed. Yep, there's a kangaroo. Uh, I, I don't even... They don't even have the names of these animals, so I don't know what to call them. I'm choosing to ignore the zebra at the bottom. Is that a wallaby? <laughs> sure. Named Quokka? <laughs> Wallabies are technically part of the kangaroo line, so. Why yeah. is there a camel? There's ducks. Yeah, fuck ducks. <laughs> yeah, fuck ducks. Most of what I'm learning is most of these people are super bad at naming things. Like, I named an owl Owly. Fuck Wait, you. They have spiders? They do? People. <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, good lord. People have had tarantulas, I guess, that they really liked. <laughs> I like how their names are Terry, clearly short for tarantula, and Jumpy, clearly short for asshole. <laughs> <laughs> There's monkeys. <laughs> There's Fish. pigs. Oh, Blood. the pigs. <laughs> okay, there's one person who knew how to name their animal. Apparently a person got one made of their betta fish that they named Blood Slasher. That's pretty good. Read this pet story? Wait, none of the other ones have stories? Why is it? Blood Slasher was my pet. I need to know more about fish. Blood Slasher. I had him for a few years. He was a blood red beta with a faint hint of blue. He loved to watch me and would sit on his rock and plant. He also hid when I wasn't around and called him an emo fish because he went to the back corner of his tank. 
Unfortunately, in September this year, he passed away because I got because he got Ike, um, which is a fish mold thing. I buried him in my backyard, had a little funeral for him. I think about him every day, and I miss him very much. You think about your fish a little too often, <laughs> more so than your fish ever thought of you. One of these is a pleco. Jeff, we have to close this website. We'll never get to the podcast. Swimmington. We have to close this podcast. We have to close this video. We'll never get to the podcast. We're not a gaming channel anymore. We're now a uh, critiquing (laughs) cuddleclones.com. Yeah, we're now a like we find the name of your animal, your the name you gave your animal, and potentially the story you provided with it, and we will give you our feedback, which may or may not be negative. (laughs) I should never have sent you the link. I should never have given you that Pandora Xbox of looking in and. (laughs) beholding the madness i'm sorry jeff you weren't prepared to look away from this type of the internet i'm gonna go have a conversation with cthulhu to calm myself yes i hear hear he's he can write my mind holy holy fuck they have needlepoint (laughs) get charlie what what do we talk about right you're right i'm in the website (laughs) they do earrings that's fucked I'm losing you. I'm losing you, Charlie. I'm off Come the back. site. Come I'm back. off the site. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 30, the big 3-0, old enough to do lots of stupid things, but old enough to also feel regret, I suppose. Um, I'm Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak, a.k.a. the jackass that runs something Wicked Studios for the most part, and as always, I'm joined by my sidekick, my friend, the East Coast person that runs other SWS stuff. Jackass number two. Jackass number two, definitely. <laughs> we were getting to that, jackass number two. Jeff, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Unvader Gur, a.k.a. he has an Instagram now, go stalk him. That's, I, there's nothing on it. <laughs> So I, li- I literally created an Instagram to follow something Wicked Studios so I could stare at pictures of my own guitar and drool. Basically. <laughs> um, we both know you'd be freaked out, though, if you had followers. And that's what I'm trying to encourage. Following my blank nothingness. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't know the internet very well, do you? That that's not a thing. I- <laughs> Fair. Yeah, that'll, that'll be the, the latest in Charlie Trolls Jeff technology. Oh, I'm just envisioning God. that glorious future. <laughs> it, it, the, it's going to backfire when I wind up with more followers than you do by, uh, like, sheer trolling. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I keep making clone accounts? Because it freaks Jeff the fuck out. <laughs> I'm going to have a million accounts following me. They're all one week old at oldest. Yeah. Oh, you like those hut chicks that make money off being hot on Instagram, then. <laughs> If anyone's going to have those, I would expect it to be you because you have so many uh, – or because you follow porn stars on Twitter. Yeah! Which is are apparently a much more boring practice than it, it would seem. I'm oh sorry. Following porn stars on Instagram led me to the Yakuza franchise and finally or pushed Twitter, me. but yeah. No, no. Henri Okita is in that game, and she was, she was on Instagram basically like, look, I'm playing Yakuza 6, and I'm like, okay, it's time to give this franchise a shot. Have you gotten your clock? Oh, I have yet? Yakuza 3, and I have definitely played it, and we will <laughs> talk about its future later, because it has a future. Okay. That is 
a game. <laughs> that is most definitely a game I want to know in that manner and feel I should share with the internet me knowing it. Okay. Now I have more things I need to get into. God damn no, it. No, 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 no. You should definitely not get into Yakuza. <laughs> Oh my god. Although I will say this, the recap feature of that game is one of the best, like, I, I makes me want to go back and replay those games, even though I know I would hate playing those games, because it's like, I need to know what leads to these ridiculous events. <laughs> so it... Japan as a mecha- mechanic is well encapsulated with no, this, this is game. Japan the game, for all purposes. Like... They give you the option to like replay all the cinematics and story from previous games with like the main character narrating over it or something like that. And then when you go into the game, you're in a fucking graveyard where you can then watch individual characters' story recaps from their <laughs> gravestones. Nice. It is That is the way you remember. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. Like I I was like, I need to watch all of these. I'm like, I just watched the recaps but I need to do this too. Nice. So, how was your week? Not bad, not bad. I I have people that follow the Instagram or Twitter or stalk us in any way, shape, or form may have noticed that me and you actually wound up in the same location due to some magic happening. Yeah, if if you want to see probably the best Hey Charlie, what we talk about on the podcast... It's this week's one without or last week's one, yeah. Or last week's one, not the one for the week we're current you're currently listening to. Um last week's one is absolutely amazing and as Charlie pointed out, we were in the same state for a short period of time and Charlie came all the fucking way out to New Hampshire and we recorded a Mixler thing. If people want even more content of this, yes, we'll that that will make that. its way into podcast form. Probably not before this video of this podcast is up, but probably before the next one is up. I just have to go download it or find us on Mixler. You can listen to it faster there. It will wind up in podcast form for archival. It's there, I think, as best I could tell. I said I'd look at it. As you say, if Charlie doesn't edit out, you can listen to the Mixler where you hear us going pretty much, is this thing on? Yes. For the beginning of it. (laughs) Oh, no, that thing will be done pure and uncut and... As nature intended it to it. Kind of <laughs> shittily. Yep. Including the part we threw my phone across the car by accident. Oh, yeah, that's definitely in there. That'll well, be we in never there. threw the phone. You just turned the car and the Re- phone. <laughs> yes, went. Jumped and I didn't notice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, that's an experiment I wish to do more with in the future. I'm not quite sure what, but so I. I guess Mixler, I'll take a... not necessarily driving in the podcast. <laughs> oh no, the the that I enjoy the. If I was gonna do more Mixler, I'd do it like on the way to events. Like we have an hour yeah. and a half drive every year to the Banning Arcade Expo, and if I could get rest the rest of the SWS team out here to go to that, that would be a fun thing to do while we drive through the middle of fucking nowhere, California. <laughs> yeah, that actually would be kind of cool. Yeah, it's I. My goals for Mixler are not to make it a consistent thing, but a thing where if we all are in the same place, killing time, because that's actually in some ways my favorite content. We never get to use. Do that often, yeah, yeah, but 
we'll, we'll see what comes of that. But more importantly, I guess I'll tell the story leading up to the concert, and then we'll bounce back and forth. Describing telling. the concert. Yeah, sure. That's, 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 that's the sentence I was looking for. So my girlfriend, God bless her, and she's a fantastic woman, uh, announces that it's probably not okay for me to miss the Dropkick Murphys 20th anniversary tour thing they were doing back east. And... I don't go on vacations anywhere near as much as I should from work. I'm really bad at it. So the idea of doing this, I'm like, yeah, fuck it. We'll fly out Friday night, come back Sunday. It'll be a dumb thing. We'll have fun with that. We book the flight and tickets, and then the next day after all the stuff is no longer refundable, they announce a concert in L.A. for the 20th anniversary tour, too. So, yeah, I'll be seeing them twice now. But more on that mm -hmm. when it actually happens. But so Once for every 10 years. Yes. Yeah, actually. I get two shirts. Yeah. Yep. But that's not nice. important. So I guess take a step back. We've had actually as a podcast topic for a while, and this may be the time we finally talk about it. There's a band from Boston called Dropkick Murphys. I'm not sure how known they are in the world of gaming. People listen to gaming podcasts. But if you're from the greater Boston area, meaning Boston, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island, parts of Connecticut, and I guess New York – you are very aware of Dropkick Murphys, which is kind of ironic because they are, at base level, a kind of shitty bar band from South Boston. They also have elements of Celtic rock and stuff, yes. so it's kind of like a Flogging Molly, the Pogues kind of thing. In fact, when Flogging Molly was getting big, Dropkick Murphy was kind of like the other side of their coin, or their coin where Dropkick Murphys was progressively going like, okay, we're going to keep the... Celtic folk stuff, the bagpipes, the mandolin, the accordion, that shit going on. But we're still going to yep. maintain our punkness and keep ourselves kind of a rock band kind of thing, a punk band at the end of the day. And Flocking Molly's like, we need more instruments. Mm -hmm. and More folkiness. Yeah. And the two kind of veered off eventually. And at least for a big chunk of time, you either were into Dropkick Murphys or you were into Flogging Molly and you would stab the other team. Uh, I never had that experience. I, I didn't either, but I saw sides. it happen once or twice. Mm -hmm. Like, I was a place in a Dropkick Murphy shirt, and someone gave me shit for it. Like, nah, Flogging Molly's better. I'm like, no. I don't think they're very similar. <laughs> like, I think they're very similar. Yeah. One is a more fun band, and it's not yeah. Flogging Molly. I will fight you now. <laughs> this is the way so of my people. Especially because Flogging Molly isn't from Boston. Flogging Molly is from Ireland. <laughs> no, they're not, actually. They're from New York. Are they? I thought they yes. were actually from Ireland. They were talking about, I've heard like interviews with them talking about their days actually in Ireland working. They moved there at one point. I think the singer might oh, be the they're majority. from of, L.A. Yeah. Le, or Dave King is from Ireland, probably. Yeah. He also does not have that Makes much sense. of an Irish accent. It is partially faked. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just doesn't that, change the music. No, <laughs> it's, it's, they're a fine band that I think maybe should have ended a couple years ago but Dropkick Murphys is still going strong and magnificently mm -hmm. yes Dropkick Murphys has not gotten worse at all uh, they, if anything I will say the first couple times I saw Dropkick Murphys because I've seen them now three times how many times have you seen them it's a bigger number than me um uh, give me a second talk I'll count um but Al Barr, the lead singer always talked about over the years how like by the end of any given concert he'd completely lose his voice and the concert we saw, he just, like, never waned in any way. Like, he was just, uh, 
like ongoing like absolute force in nature. Yeah. I, it was probably one of the be- it was probably one of the best shows I saw out of him. Yeah, I think my count of seeing them's like between seven and ten. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, you've seen them a lot. <laughs> I, I I take any chance I can to see them, yes. Yep. If they say. are if they are seeable, I try and see them. So hence why my girlfriend's response was you you have to go see the twentieth anniversary shit. And the concert in New Hampshire they were doing is Dropkick Murphys presents a Irish festival, which between me and my girlfriend... Irish and boxing festival. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that part of it in a second. Yeah. But, uh, the, the reaction both me and my girlfriend had was, I need to know what the Dropkick Murphys think an Irish festival is, and if you're going to go to one, might as well go to one's like a full-day event. Yeah. Yeah, no, the event about it was pretty fucking awesome, too. Yeah. No, so we flew back for the weekend, did the concert, and then flew out essentially. But uh, to the spent concert. a lot of time in a plane in one weekend. I think I technically spent more time in a plane and doing any other one thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Well, thank you for coming out. Your presence was enjoyed. Oh, it's it's always <laughs> fun getting out there whenever I can. I I guess that had the funny like to add a certain level of me and Jeff are metalheads and punkheads and rock and roll fans and bad seeds and. Bad apples mm-hmm. and people you wouldn't let date your daughter, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yep. me at least. Jeff at least acts like he is one of those things. <laughs> but as, yep, I'm uh, secretly a poser. Yeah. He's secretly <laughs> a nice person. The bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, like, but to put the kind of dropkick Murphy love in perspective, my parents were only stopped from joining us at the concert by a wedding. A wedding that my dad spent a chunk of time texting me from being like, Man, I bet the concert's way better than this lame-ass wedding. You, you've known the person getting married since they were a child. Yeah, and fuck him a little bit. Missing a Dropkick Murphy concert. <laughs> nice. I say, for the record, uh, Charlie's father has been with us to multiple... Well, with me, it would be one. I'm assuming he's been to more than one Dropkick Murphy show with you. Oh, no, he's been so. to... Charlie's I, dad rocks. <laughs> my dad is a maniac in the best way possible. I... He is a little bit taller than I am and does not look like he belongs at metal shows or Dropkick Murphy shows, except for the fact that the man has been to a Rammstein concert and stood angrily in the pit, arms crossed, mm-hmm. ignoring the pit around him because they were the best standing spot in the house. Yep. That is a logical place to, to have a great view. I it, it, At a Rammstein show. My dad it's also plus, a good place to lose your eyebrows. My dad plus concerts is hilarity ensues because it's like, you look at like him, black t-shirt that says, if you're too old, it's too loud, khaki pants, arms crossed, just scowling at people, enjoying the show. Shirt tucked in, question mark? Yes, frequently. <laughs> Yep. I'm here for the band. None of your antics amuse me. You're in the pit, man. I will kill you. <laughs> I am the pit. Uh, basically. Just try and test me. You've heard of the eye of the storm? Well, I am the eye of the pit. Yep. Nothing passes through it. But, uh... Let's say... So, describing this festival, I think this deserves some pretty good word pictures. I... There was lots and of there's boxing. also multiple stories that go into this. Yeah, things happen other than just the pure seeing of the event. Yeah, so, so uh, it's an outdoor concert venue. Like picture a barn, kind of, but a really fucking big one. 
that had the walls busted out. That's not a bad description of it. And bands were going on a, and off all day. It had regular like seating, and then it had lawn seats in the back, like any other kind of concert. It venue. also weird like fun- fancy table things with tea candles on them, which was equally confusing. Or we're describing two different things. Okay, so when we entered this place, there's like this big open area that has all kind of like little restaurants and little shacks and like um, tents Alcohol. and stuff and a barn, which Charlie's referring to, um, where they had all kinds of like food vendors and the little shacks and stuff. And Telemore Dew was there, and I realized I need to give Telemore Dew a little more credit than I used to. Um, I don't know, Jeff. Boost. This podcast is proof that maybe you shouldn't drink. <laughs> drink vodka. I can stay away stay away from the Svedgas. Give me the Telmore Dew. Fair enough. I'll <laughs> allow it for now. I do have your yep. address and how that can send the cops to if something bad happens. Yep. Hey, Charlie. Um, hey, police department near Jeff. Uh, I'm calling again. You need to stop calling us. You need to talk to Jeff about his drinking. <laughs> he yes, was in New Hampshire. Constant nonstop daging I like to do. Yeah. Um so the uh they had all these vendors and whatnot, and I'll start with the story here of so me and Charlie went to this place that was distributing roast beef sandwiches. Because I yeah. figure because we both figure, okay, none of this food this food is set at a standard of suboptimal because we're at a concert. It, nothing, anything that can be heated up in four seconds is what's about to be served to us. And a roast beef sandwich can't be fucked up that hard, can it? It's a sandwich. And we were delightly, we were delightly, delightfully, like, shown that it was just a, it was a roast beef sandwich. Nothing was wrong. They it was served a perfectly good sandwich. They served roast beef sandwiches the correct way, in three-way yes. style. Mayonnaise, barbecue sauce, and cheese. Yep. And slightly warm. So, yep, and slightly warm. So this drunk guy sees me eating my, uh, my sandwich... And comes up, he's like, yo, dude, how's the burger? Um, it's a roast beef sandwich. Oh, so how's the burger? <laughs> like, um, no, it's, fantastic. It's not, <laughs> you're missing the words. Like, That's not what I asked you. How's the burger? It's like, N- fine. <laughs> yeah, the burger's fine. So later when uh, Charlie's girlfriend came over with barbecue, that uh, she went, she took the risk and went to one of the barbecue things. And I will say her risk definitely looked to, like it paid off. It was decent. But um, she goes over. So, how's the burger? <laughs> She's like, I have chicken. No, no, no. You didn't answer my question. How's the burger? <laughs> we are t- secretly monsters, aren't we? That we do that to someone who did not know. The the fact that we were that we both agree or non verbally agreed to pursue this joke with at the expense of another, without like communicating it or anything like that's probably where we're monsters on the same wavelength in a bad way. We'll get to my girlfriend's monster in a minute a couple minutes though too probably. <laughs> yep. Jeff finally understands. <laughs> well, I've met her before. <laughs> She's tiny and evil. Yes. Well, she didn't have to be tiny to date you, but she definitely had to be evil. Yes. That was definitely a prerequisite. But I like my evil concentrated, so tiny is a perk. Oh, okay. Um, so that was like the first thing that happened to us. And there's all kinds of like Sam Adams had like an entire restaurant dedicated to them. That we did not had, go into. We did not go into. What was that tractor company that, uh, Kabuda. Kabuto. So Kabuda. 
a company that sells like farm equipment and like front end loaders and whatnot had their own stand there in case you wanted to buy a tractor at and your dropkick. And you could buy a tractor there. Like, that's the most New Hampshire part of the story. You could yes. have driven a tractor home from the concert, possibly. Yes. Also, we should probably mention it was your, the first time your girlfriend had ever seen people tailgating a concert. Yeah, that and was. And people were heavily tailgating that concert. <laughs> LA, we don't tailgate really. Like, that's a. It's probably thing. too fucking hot. Um, not really for most of the year, but like we don't, we only recently got a football team technically, so it's, that's the one you generally tailgate and LA people look down their nose at such traditions because it's beneath them and grills don't fit in Lexuses so well. (laughs) But they fit in pickup trucks. And other things, yeah. Yeah, so football and cornhole and beer was a plenty. For those who know what cornhole is, it's hacky, it's like beanbags through a whole thing. I didn't know what it was until like two or three years yeah. ago. Yeah. It's not a lot of technology that can be transported very easily and be competitive for reasons. Yeah, I hate that <laughs> game so much. <laughs> I'm no good at it. I'm fine at it. I just don't. I, the people that are into it are like fucking into it. And it's like, no, it's throwing a ball through a hole. Like, I get it. This kills time, but like, chill. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that requires alcohol. I would hate to see someone who wants to play cornhole sober. I watched a <laughs> cornhole tournament on TV once. Uh, ESPN's gone downhill. Uh, ESPN3 <laughs> is a magical place. <laughs> uh, esports, we taken over. Um, Not fast enough, apparently. I watched a cornhole tournament. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they also had... Neither me or Charlie partook in this because the line was monstrous. But there was a, uh, they were doing bowling with a fucking keg. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I wish we'd done that. They were rolling a keg down a hill into a bunch of giant bowling pins. And best I could tell, no one could hit the bowling pins because the straighter you sent it, kegs don't roll straight. (laughs) Especially when they're all dinged up and nicked from being rolled down the same hill a million times. I don't think I saw anyone not only, like, knock over pins, but, like, get anywhere near the pins. It was a choice. Yeah. You honestly would have been better off picking up the uh, keg and hucking it Yeah, I think hill. someone tried doing that. I think it was... I think part of it was they had, like, liquid in it or something. Oh, they might have. I had no idea. Um, <clears throat> so, there was that. And then we get to the fighting part of this amazing story. Not anyone in the crowd. But so the Dropkick Murphys decided that this concert also needed to be a boxing match. So they set up a boxing ring in the middle of the pit and had boxing matches in between bands. And it was some decent boxing. Yeah, it was some decent boxing. It was interesting being surrounded by drunk people who clearly don't know the difference between a boxing match and a hockey fight. Or UFC. Or UFC. Um and there was a lot of very intoxicated yelling. And uh, the second fight we watched, the second fighter had a lot of personality to him and was, like, talking shit and whatnot and actually brought some character to the fight. And the other yeah. guy was wearing, like, traditional, like, all-black Irish um, boxing getup, which is apparently a thing, and was sporting a handlebar mustache, which is the only, and we must sit here and emphasize the only time you're allowed to sport one of those things As is someone when you who are lives literally in LA, a boxer. The land of handlebar mustaches, apparently, the only time you may have one is if you are a boxer or a former boxer and you earned it. Yes. 
then you have earned your goddamn mustache. Um, and that was pretty amazing. And the bands we got to see in addition to the Dropkicks was some little band called For Blood or Whiskey, who's they claim they're from Ireland. They were um, okay. They were okay. And then we got to see the Pogues, which I we really got to enjoyed. See one member of the Pogues. Yeah. Which, and, uh, which I spent the entire time leading up to it going like, how the fuck are the Pogues alive still? They should all be dead. Didn't they get blown barely. up or something? Um, the, the Pogues have sent me on like a quest to find more good music of the Pogues, but they suffer from one of the things that I've found with a lot of live bands where I've like seen bands like the Pogues or Orchids where it's like, oh my god, or in the case of the Orchids, like the drummer really holds this music together. It's so good when the drummer's blastingly loud like that. Listen to the studio stuff, the drummer's borderline mixed out of it and it completely loses its feels like, god damn it. Yeah. Like I go listen to the Pogues, like this mandolin player takes this from being a folk band and makes them a rock band. Like by himself, he's doing that much stuff. And then like you go and listen to their studio stuff and there's like barely any mandolin. I'm like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> Yeah. You need to bring back that awesome live mandolin player. That dude was awesome. <laughs> well, so the one we saw is not an original Pogues player, but like the older... Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. That... He, was, he looked way too young compared yes. to the lead singer who... Yes. Like, I'm 62 years old and old as fuck. He's almost 60. <laughs> yeah. And he, um, it was hilarious because uh, their bass player wound up like knackering his uh, bass for a short period of time. And while he was doing it, the lead singer's up there, like, wiping his face on a towel, and he's, like, listening to the crowd. The guy's, oh, or Freebird, oh, funny you should mention that song. We're not playing it. <laughs> and I thought that was a really good response to uh, dickheaded uh, crowd members. The better part and, is they start yelling old Pogue songs at him, and he's cracked. He's like, no, we're not doing those either. Yeah, and someone was like, play Black Magic Woman. He's like, that's also not happening. <laughs> So, the po- or seeing them in the Pogues was per- was was yeah. awesome, um, and then the Dropkick Murphys were just fucking like it is nir- it's Nirvana being in those concerts. Like, they throw a party and everyone w- was there. Yeah, and oh man, I th- like barely could talk for the entire ride home. And then we wound up going on which a we, magical. Which we got lost quest. during in the Murder Woods. So um. For those of you who live in like urban environments or civilized places, and have the idea that kind of ma- that the U.S. is primarily like, hey, it's just cities and like suburbia. No, there are giant chunks of the U.S. that <laughs> are in uninhabited and or the murder wood. And yep. my girlfriend is from L.A. natively. She's like had only been out of the state a couple times, kind of thing. And the first time we went back to visit my folks and so she could meet them and shit, she was thrown by, she's like, you grew up in the forest, Friday the 13th was filmed. I'm like, no, that's just all forests here. They're all the Friday the 13th forest. Say say what you really say was, no, this is the one Deliverance was shot in. (laughs) No, no, that's New Hampshire. All of New Hampshire is Deliverance territory. Yep. Yeah, no, we wound up in the woods, and what we wound up discovering is any time that, or the demographic that Charlie has described of people who live in, you know, or think that the United States has mostly populated areas, and think that most gas stations can be found every, like, three miles or so at worst, have not been out to these parts of New Hampshire, we had to drive five 
or we had to drive, it was like five miles by crow, 30 minutes by actual driving to the only gas station that was open after we wound up at like two gas stations that weren't at like one in the morning driving around Murderwood, New Hampshire with poor Jen in the back being like, we can't run out of gas because I don't want to have to be stranded in a vehicle surrounded by this. This is how horror movies start. <laughs> yep. And we wound up at a 7-Eleven, oh thank heaven, with gas, and that was the best, like, 1 a.m. beef jerky and pretzel chips I've ever had in my life. Just like, this is this is what relief tastes like. Yeah, we rolled in and there on fumes. Like, I think I was coasting most of the way. I'm like, I don't know if there's even gas in this car anymore, but it's going. Yep. And then the uh the guy who's working the counter at one in the morning in seven eleven, I come in and I it was one of those interactions that went along the lines of like um I was like, Hey man, how you doing? Not much you? Hmm. Like one of those like that's kind of the answer conversations. And I didn't give him any grief for it. I like we drove away, and I'm like, okay, that's the guy that when he says something silly like that, he phones ahead to a corrupt cop who kidnap, who pulls you over for no reason, kidnaps you, and takes you to Leatherface's basement. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Don't piss him off. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so I live in LA now, as does Jen, and Seven Elevens out here. I wouldn't call them like good. But there's some you you respect Seven Eleven. She was not prepared for the East Coast version of Seven Eleven, where it's like, oh, this is where all the stereotypes come from. Got it. Well, <laughs> she was also unprepared for them to not have flaming hot Cheetos. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> I'm sorry. She was the only Asian woman, as best we... she was the only Asian person. Period at that concert, as best we could tell, too. Hell, yeah. people kept coming up to us and asking where we were from. That was the best. No, the Japanese chick from Osaka was there, too, that they pulled on stage. Oh, uh, I don't remember that. They, they announced that she was from Osaka, Japan. There was two <laughs> Asians at that Dropkick Murphys concert. Oh, man. Well, that we have doubled the number of, peop- or of Asian people who were at that concert, apparently. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> Oh my god. So that was that and that was absolutely amazing concert. Ten for ten would go again. Wish they mixed the uh the microphones of the musicians a little bit better because they were kinda hard to understand. That's every live venue though ever. But yeah, live venues kinda suffer from that. It, and this one truly nice. had some technical issues if the video editing was anything to go off of. Now we bet around that. Do you want me to move on to my actual week, or is sure. there anything more you'd like to throw into that? Uh, well, so yeah, let's do your, let's do the rest of your week first because um, uh, you've the, got a lot to say. I got some stuff to say about what happened in my week, so you should probably go quickly. So, first off, I have found myself in yet another D and D campaign because my roommate wants to have two of them with a different group of people. And oh, this time, I, I, you're that kind of person, huh, Jeff? Doing the yeah, I wasn't previously, but now I am. <laughs> you know, some of us just date two women at one time. But no, you have two different D and D groups. That's yep. just disgusting. I know. I'm I'm filthy. I need to go take a shower. But in this D and D group, I'm doing the Adventures of Rip Snorting, who is the uh, the name is directly ripped from a character from uh, 
a YouTube series made by Lyle McDouchebag that's hilarious. That's basically the character's like completely an idiot and it's like, hmm, this seems like a problem that my perfect physique could solve. And I have him statted out so that he only punches things, he never really uses weapons. And he's basically just a womanizing nut job who I have made my character get disgustingly intoxicated every single night to the point he has to roll constitution checks to see how hungover he is in the morning <laughs> every single day. So he has been a whimsical, fun, farcical creature um, that has been fun to roleplay in the most insane of ways. Um, and then mostly I've been playing a shit ton of Overwatch this week. Um, and I wound up discovering two things. One, using, or I didn't realize that there's like lol king type things for, um, sorry, what's Overwatch? A LOL king? Um, lol king is, uh, where you can track your stats in League of Legends. Huh. Um, it, it'll tell you like, you know, your KDA, your, creep score and stuff and like helps you kind of gauge what you need to improve on and um i wound up discovering overwatch actually has these which i did not know is it and, built um, into the game no it is not built into the game um but i wound up discovering that um on tracer which is the champion i probably have the most fun on i'm actually when it comes to damage dealt in games i'm in the top 23 percent of players nice i was like whoa that's way better than i was expecting um and then i managed to go and i got my first 20 player kill streak on tracer this week and that got me some achievements and i think it got me some unlocks but i'm not sure if they sure. really gave me anything but the 20 player kill streak was definitely one of those like just in the zone, like, insano, like, shooting, or, or shooting, blinking, and, like, rewinding time just, like, fluidly as one insane action. Um, so those were the two big things that happened in my week, and then I did some silly stuff with music, but unfortunately, only you're privy to it. Yeah. Um, then that was basically for my week, so I'll pass it back to you. Yeah. So, um, that this strap in kids, <laughs> uh, aside from the concert and all that stuff, this, um, other thing happened. Um, yeah, you, you may have heard of it. It's called, um, destiny rise of iron. I, unlike last week, which was, um, not destiny. Uh, th th this week was destiny, if you will, and um, this week is destiny. Yeah. So, but before I launch into this, though, I have prepared a little bit of a fun example of my time spent with Destiny. So, um, as of Monday night, prior to the release of uh, the Rise of Iron, as I promised, after the podcast, I went after the podcast got recorded last week. I went on, got my legendary marks, and then didn't play the game all weekend and didn't pick it up Monday. And just the first time I played it was the live stream, actually, on Tuesday that we did. You can go check it out on the YouTube channel if you're curious. And at that time, I discovered I had played 1,092 hours of Destiny. <laughs> Ooh, I hit those numbers in Team Fortress 2, idling. Well, I tripled it, but oh, I was no. idling. These are the numbers of just active play. With the 
idle numbers removed. And to put that one in perspective, I, I played a little game with myself called um, Things I Could Have Done Instead of Playing Destiny. And for reference, based on average walk speeds, I could have walked from Boston to California, where I live. I could have ridden the, my, a bike across the U.S. seven times. I could have walked from my apartment to Bungie HQ five times. Assuming my assuming California's minimum income is ten dollars, when by the time you hear this, I could have made nineteen thousand and two hundred dollars working essentially any job that pays an hourly wage out here. I could have watched the movie Titanic five hundred ninety times, start to finish. I could have roasted three hundred eighty-four Thanksgiving turkeys based on typical turkey roasting time. I could uh, mm, not <laughs> <a> turkey. <laughs> yes, assuming your hair grows at a certain rate, I could have grown three quarters of an inch of hair on my head. Not if you're me. Not if you're Jeff. That's a separate topic. <laughs> if um, yeah. with the time I spent on Destiny, Usain Bolt, that famous runner from the Olympics, could have run around the could have run around eighty-two percent of the world, assuming he could maintain his record-holding speed indefinitely. Uh, my girlfriend wanted me to point out that I could have had nine of her periods for her instead, start to finish. <laughs> and the number I found most amusing out of all of this was um, there's a musical out there called Rent that has a song called 5,000, five, sorry, 525,600 minutes in it. I could have sung that song start to finish 20,603 times. Nice. These are all things I could have spent my time in Destiny doing. If you'd like to email me more of them, fucking go for it. I'll even <laughs> give you the updated number that, based on just playing between Tuesday and the time of the recording, I am now up to 1,102 hours. Not as big a jump as you might expect, but that puts me in the top 23% of all Destiny players in time played. Excluding idle time, excluding time spent in towers. Basically, that's just time I've spent doing crap in the game. And that comes to six weeks, three days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and six seconds. Across three active characters and four deleted characters. Okay. Um, that is so much time on so much stuff. That is... So... I'm about to give you a reference point here in three seconds, but you okay. need to, uh... Alright, give me a safer to load. Alright. Holding for Jeff to say something snarky. Okay. You've spent 1,698 hours on League of Legends, which means 71 days of your life. <laughs> Wait, have I spent more time in Destiny than you've in League? What number did you say? 1,092. 1,092. 1,698. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear the 600 part. <laughs> no, that's scarier, though, because and you've been playing... that's not idling. You've been playing been... League longer than I've been playing... Destiny's been out. I've been playing League for, like, five years. Yeah, yeah Destiny's only entered year three recently. <laughs> you definitely went hard in the paint, harder in the paint than I did. Yeah. But at the moment, I've played more than you have. <laughs> I don't want to match your number. I really don't. I play lots of other video games you too. Say that, but. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> and to put oh, it in perspective, God. I could have spent I'm, all of my time playing League of Legends, say, but I, I am two hundred eighty-three thousandth person 
are 283, 283,583rd person on the NA server for like most time spent. Nice. One yeah. point five millionth on the world. Well, and this is where we differ because I have played numerous video games to completion during the time Destiny has existed on top of Destiny. Oh, I've gotten like one game. To yeah, that's completion. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the if I dedicated all of my time to Destiny, holy crap! Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, Destiny: The Rise of Iron. Let's let's talk about it quickly. Um, as sure, I mentioned, we'll use let's plurally. <laughs> let's. Jeff will have some comments, I guess. I. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> whatever. I don't care. Yep. No, no, this is your time. Go for it. Yeah, so uh, Destiny Rise of Iron is in many ways the... Uh, we, we kind of finally actually have the Destiny game we've been promised, and that's partially because all of the gear and weapons you have from Taken King carry over this expansion, but you can also pick up a bunch of new gear, so you kind of have this weird moment of, do I want new stuff? Do I stick with my old stuff? Like the promise of the game was you'd have gear that you got attached to that you would carry through multiple expansions. And this is the first one to actually iterate on that concept where you feel like, no, this is my rightful and this is what I use. Uh, for the live stream, I made a point of using stuff I didn't already own and I'm sticking with that for the time being, but it is really nice to feel like all the progress you've made up to that point in time isn't just like, yeah, whatever, we, we, we reset the clock on you. I will, uh, so those who watch the stream... Does it feel like cataclysm? Yeah, essentially. Uh, but I will say this, that like, those who watch the stream, especially at the end, or go back and watch the stream, especially at the end, you'll notice that I kind of get real down on the game real quick, and that's because... I don't know how, but I got the impression that this expansion was a fuck ton bigger than it actually is. Destiny comes in two expansions, kind of DLC and full-blown expansions. Taken King is a full-blown expansion. It brought a shit ton of stuff to the table. House of Wolves, Dark Below, I guess that free DLC thing they put out back in um, April or something, the April update, and this all fall in the category of, yeah, it's DLC. There's like six hours here and some stuff, a bunch of new toys to play with, but this is definitely the best DLC we've gotten so far. It's definitely the most expansive. The Iron Lord Tower, uh, Iron Keep is pretty cool. The wolves there are pretty awesome. They've added lots of stuff. The Plaguelands are pretty cool, but I personally was expecting some, like, giant expansive, like, yep, here's 20 more hours of shit to do, and there's definitely stuff in there, but it's kind of blocked behind some weird progression walls. I... I'm very much looking forward to the raid, which by the time you're listening to this will be out. It comes out the Friday after release, which is a choice. But yeah, I I was definitely down. What was that? There's progression walls? Yeah. That's... Can you elaborate? Well, so Destiny is a game that you have a character level, which maximum is 40 right now. And then you have your light level. And... Your light level is your gear score, and your gear score is dependent on what gear you have. And you have to get X amount of gear to be able even to attempt higher level activities. Now, if you're good, you can kind of throw yourself at stuff you might not be prepared for. That will force your gear forward. But generally the way it works is expansion or DLC comes out. You 
play the game, you build up your gear, you play this, you play all the end game stuff you can, and then the raid comes out, and you do the raid, and the raid gets you to. In this case, I think it's like 385 is what the raid equipment gets you to. Highest you can get to right now is 360, I want to say. And then hard mode for the raid happens, and hard mode will get you to the maximum light level, which is 400 now, I think, but I don't know exactly. But you kind of have to build your gear up over time, and because Destiny is an RNG-based loot system, that process can be real frustrating. Like, for instance, I have done everything there is to do in Rise of Iron. I have a new Galahorn, I have the cloth, the cloth stuff, whatever you want to call it, the exotic one. I don't have all the exotics yet, but the in-game, newly introduced stuff I have to do is just the Archon Forge. And I am not a high enough level to rewardingly attempt the Archon Forge. I'm close, but... I'm still kind of kicking around the plague lands, just finding junk in hopes that I can upgrade my character with it, which is not the best feeling. I, what I will say is the game finally gave me what I've been dying for, which is lots of stuff in patrol to do, like those little side missions you pick up stuff for, like not just the markers that are the quick ones. Like there's um hidden little mini bosses you can go fight that you have to like get keys to, and you have to find the keys in certain areas, like, to get the mm-hmm. Galahorn and the Klofstoff, the Klofstoff, how you pronounce it, quests to unlock, you have to find stuff for them in the Plague Land <clears throat> Patrol, which I think is something that game has always missed. I I also stand by, though, I want them to start ripping off the Monster Hunter Patrol system, which is just fucking go on patrol. When you leave patrol, we'll add up all the shit you did and then reward and then reward you as such kind of thing. Like, it's the, you killed a thousand dudes on patrol? Fucking yeah, we'll give you some credit for that. You found a bunch of materials? Fucking yeah, we'll give you credit for that. I've never been a big fan of the kind of little mini missions the game throws at you, and that's just me. I wish the patrol was more like, yep, you're there. Have fun. Do stuff. We'll reward you afterwards. We have little missions in there for you to do to kind of boost that along. And we'll count how many missions you do. How about that? But I wish it was kind of more of an organic process of, yep, you're there. Go kill shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's And the, the game has more stuff like that, I guess, which is nice. It's not fully there. Um, wielding the giant flaming axe of the Iron Lords is pretty cool. It's got the dumbest nice. sound effect ever, though. I don't... Someone fucked up. It's just like dinking sound whenever you hit something with it, which is really weird because that's not the sound axe. No, like it's it's someone's like volcanic pyres from the ground, and you have body slam moves with it and shit. But then you're hitting people, it's like dink, 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 dink. So you're Pyre supposed to move. take yeah, multi layer a bunch of sounds together of like anvils hitting and gunshots. Like yeah. that thing should have the sound of an actual like. Glock going on. No, off. it should feel as it Buried should sound it. as badass as that thing is to use. Like getting that thing makes me go like <laughs> party. Like time. not to draw the direct Overwatch comparison, but like when you swing um Reinhardt's hammer, it makes a big like whooshing thunky. Yeah, noise. exactly. Like it makes a big like exploding noise when he does hammer down and like slams the earth. <laughs> yeah, like and Destiny does so many sound design things so great. Like one of my favorite little details is the um, anvil chime whenever a Sunbreaker Titan pops their super, just that, like, kadoosh, dink, you're like, oh, shit, shit just got real. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the, the, the axe sound is, like, I don't mean to harp on sound design, but it's such a shitty sound for that axe, and it makes me laugh every time I hear it. I'm like, that's 
terrible. And laugh is not what you should be doing. No, I'm swinging your great epic power axe. No, it's it's such a cool axe too. You're like, yeah, let's do this, bitches. Mm-hmm. That's, like you want the character to raise the axe from his head and goes and go like decapitation and just charge at dudes. Blood for the blood god. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Corn berserker. Yeah, basically. Nah, I, I, it's weird because the game is definitely the expansion we've always been promised, and this is the first where the, the expansion leans finally hard into Destiny at its best, which is when Destiny is actually kind of a fantasy game with sci-fi mm-hmm. stuff. Like I, I'm not sure if I've talked about it on the pod. I think I talked about some last week, but Destiny is at its best with Warhammer 40k and not Halo, where it's like chainsaw short swords and demons and holy knights that are rocking like giant machine guns and power armor that is destiny at its best in some ways like when you're charging into battle with a shotgun an auto rifle and a sword and you're like let's do this or you have a rocket launcher made of your fallen comrade's armor you should be a space marine not a spartan yeah basically and that's a and like, the game has hunters that have, like, ninja skills, Wild West moves, and, like, a, a magic bow, warlocks that have literal space magic. They can turn to Emperor Palpatine, throw a death blast at you, or rise from the dead, and then you have Titans where it's like, okay, this is the most Space Marine-esque, except for the fact that, like, they have shoulder... Tr- like, one of their subclasses is, we have a fucking death wish. The other subclass is, I'm going to rip holes in the space-time continuum to make shields out of it. And the third one is, so you, I heard you like blacksmiths. Yeah. This blacksmith's going to murder the crap out of that guy now. Hmm. No, and the games, I, I find the game at its best, where it's got a little more of a fantasy thing going on, where it's not like, raw sci-fi. It's like, yeah, sci-fi. How's that bitch and undead sword treating you? Pretty good, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's that gun made of bone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's... And this thematically and kind of story-wise leans heavily into the fantasy stuff. And what I will say, the short quest line there is for it, the short story missions it presents are the best Destiny's ever had. Like, that final mission that you have as part of it is so goddamn good. Like, Bungie was busy saying, like, we're pretty sure you're gonna love the last story mission, and holy shit, that story mission finally gives me just so many things I've wanted from Destiny from day one. Like, it's it's the most cohesive story. You feel like an Iron Lord by the end of that. I The overall parts of the expansion are amazing. I just wish there was more. Mm-hmm. And well, it's good. To, it, it's definitely a quality versus quantity moment. It seems like you got a lot of quality, but there wasn't. They they didn't balance that well enough with enough content. No, and, and the reality is, Destiny Two was kind of supposed to have been out by now, or in a month or so. Like this is a stopgap. This is the yeah, we delayed the game, so here's some more DLC. It's not the Taken King. The next Taken King will be Destiny 2. That'll be fucking amazing. We're not going to tell you too much about that. They're making a bunch of promises of their live team. SRL, which is the racing game inside of the game, is coming back. The Halloween event's coming back, which is a lot of fun. They're saying they're going to expand on that stuff. We'll see what happens. I'm a little skeptical, but 
right if if they could just keep like once a month something happening, not even something big necessarily, that would be a giant improvement in some ways over past support in some weird ways at that point like i'm okay with rise of iron shake not, the snow globe it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be earth shattering yeah like it's i'm okay with rise of iron being short so like and i know october hits uh, uh what's it called the festival of the lost happens and then they've said srl ha- winter souls or the halloween winter event Solstice. yeah Yep. Halloween. Everyone walks. You get stupid masks of the, the bosses and stuff like that, and you get candy from killing people in the PvP mode and stuff like that. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's it. It. They did it last year, and it was like, yeah, this is actually stupid in the best way possible. Like, this is cute and kind of what I want out of this game. Like, it when that game actually is an MMO like that, it's fun. It's like you don't have to do a lot to make us happy. You just have to do something. Mm-hmm. Like SRL, one of the craziest things that game has done where it's like, hey, we're putting a racing game in the game. Fucking awesome. Nice. It's like the it's it's like it's NASCAR for a month in Destiny on your hover bikes. It's one of those things where I'm like, this should always be in the game. Cause this is awesome. And mm-hmm. so fantastically stupid. This is what you want all the time, kind of. Like I and that's why I mean like when the game's not taking itself seriously, it's embracing kind of like, oh, we have these hover bikes that you really never do much with aside from getting from point A to point B with. Let's give you a downhill race on it and we'll make it like we're not gonna fix the controls, so you'll get good or you'll die a lot. Yep. Yeah. Well in a lot of ways keeping it difficult has a charm to it in those kinds of yeah. games like There's plenty of games out there, it's like, okay, take a little red wagon and go down a hill. How's it steer? terrible have you ever been over a little red wagon yeah no and like they have this record book system where it's like it keeps track of all your victories like hey you've blown up nine times good for you you've hit like x number of gates you got like this is your fastest time ever that 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 stuff appeals to me as someone where it's like i don't necessarily need a new raid every two months but i need something to do where it's like yeah i could run these missions again or i could go race jet bikes and that's kind of cool that sounds that makes sense Nah, it's that's kind of the nice thing about League of Legends in a way is the fact that they balance things almost weekly, like something's changing slightly constantly. Yeah. No, it's I overall I am happy-ish with the Rise of Iron release. It, I, I think it could have been more. I think they kind of I wouldn't say oversold, but didn't really stress the concept of this isn't Taken King. It's not as big as Taken King. It's got some stuff. It adds a whole new zone. There's some, there's a raid. There's some stuff. It's going to be cool. This is not Taken King, though. Do not expect Taken King. This is like 12 hours, oh. not 40. But, yeah, that's that. Taken King. I played a lot of it. I, if you tune in for the live stream, thanks for tuning in. If you want to check that out. I, I think I mentioned to someone that commented on one of the Exploring Destiny videos... I actually don't know how much more Exploring Destiny will do until, like, I, I think it will become a, we'll do videos when things are worth there covering. content. Yeah, like, you I... Don't, you don't want to just sweep over the same areas constantly. No, and we're, it, I, I'm, we will continue the running Alex through that game plan, like, but eventually we are going to run out of stuff to do again that's worth covering, and... We'll talk about this actually more in our main topic. I do not want something Wicked Studios' coverage of that game to be me rehashing the same stuff over and over and over and over. Like I, I try and keep it fun for you people watching, 
and I try and keep it fun for myself. Like, don't get me wrong, the raids in that game are amazing, but I've done Vault of Glass so many times, I could maybe do that damn thing in my sleep if it wasn't for the coordination parts. I don't like Crota's End. It's not a great raid. It's got some really cool parts to it, but I, I'm i actually looking forward to taking Alex back to that just to see how fucked that raid is at higher light levels. Like, it's... I could imagine that thing is broken when you're more powerful than most of the enemies in there. Uh, Prison of Elders is cool and all, and I'm looking forward to going back and kicking Skolos in the goddamn face for being a jackass, but... I, that was one of those things where back when it ha back when it was relevant content, it wasn't fun to do because it was so goddamn hard. So I don't have too fun. Uh, King's Fall. I'm looking forward to taking Alex too because that thing's damn cool. I'm definitely looking forward to the new raid for uh, Rise of Iron. That will definitely be a video of some kind, maybe a live stream again. I don't know yet. There may be some general exploring Destiny stuff with Alex in the future too. For that stuff, but yeah, the goal of exploring Destiny is to keep it pretty focused and tight to stuff, so if you're enjoying it, fucking yeah, go back and watch some old videos, check out some of other stuff, it's all good, I promise, or at least as good as our stuff normally is, I can't promise there'll be a ton of exploring Destiny stuff moving forward, though, because Rise of Iron is not as big as I thought it was, there'll definitely be some, but that expansion does not support 20 hours of more content. It supports like four or five and then some in the moment coverage of the various events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. That's basically sure. been my week. Uh, Rise of Iron did the Dropkick Murphy concert. Lots of flying. It's, it's pretty jam packed fucking I, week. I don't get to have easy weeks. Like, and amongst all this, like we had our first major live stream in a while, which was fun. And I guess I'll announce that now. Uh, it's not going to happen this week because we're recording tonight, but I think moving forward, either starting the week you're hearing this or the week after, Thursday night live streams are going to become a thing. So when I finish up with Jeff, I'll probably jump on live, I'll probably jump on our channel and our Twitch and do something then. I'm thinking that will actually be the medium with which I explore Yakuza. I. It's going to be a very organic and kind of what the fuck am I playing process. I'm not going to promise ongoing stuff. It may be Yakuza one week, a break from a break from Yakuza, and then something else. I, But yeah, I, we're going to start doing more of that. I've been saying it for a while, and I think this is finally the path. I'm going to take that down. We also may start doing more structured stuff. I, I think Blood... You should do Persona. <laughs> I... Persona 5 may be a thing for that. Like, that's the reality. It's the There's a bunch of games I play that aren't necessarily good for ongoing video series, but, like, four hours of a stream of it, not so bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, we've done quick looks for a long time, and I miss doing them, but there's so much work for how really little effort they are in some ways. Mm -hmm. Which is, I know, a strange sentence, but, like, I think this is how we're going to handle that from moving forward. And we may have guests for it. I think it's going to be just me though. Like I, we will have some ongoing stuff. I, I do think I will play all of Yakuza in stream form, mostly because I don't think that game is going to yield itself well to cut content. It's going to be like, okay, I'm going to play four fucking hours of this tonight. And then I'll take a week off and play something else. I'm going to come back to that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, there might be more destiny stuff. As I said, there'll definitely be more streaming stuff. If you're not familiar with our Twitch, it's SWS Live over at Twitch, and 
If you found this, you probably know of our YouTube channel where stuff also goes live and archives happen and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's about it for my week and plans for the future. You ready for some news? I am definitely ready for some news. Okay, um, it's been a relatively slow news week. Some stuff happened. Um, some stuff I find really cool happened, actually, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, first off, in our kind of weird category, uh, Blizzard's axing the name Battle.net to Battletech or, like, Battle Chat and Battle System or whatever. I don't get it. The articles I've read on it and the other research I did, it's like, yeah, we're just not calling it Battle.net anymore or whatever. It's not really a website anymore. It's, it's a service. We're trying to move away. We're trying to become kind of a valve. And I, I sat there going, like, isn't Battle.net the name of your service? Yeah. I mean, I get their comment that no one's using the website. They're using the, like, program. But that's yeah. one of those, like, Things that faceless organizations who hire, like, social engineers do to try and, like, we wanted to disassociate you with the uh, way that we want you to use the service. We changed its name. That's some, like, backroom weird shady stuff that, like, companies that have lost touch with what their user base gives a shit about. Yeah, it's, uh, the, the official statement from Blizzard doesn't make a lot of sense. They're like, oh, but we already have like Blizzard streaming and Blizzard voice and stuff. Like, it's tech, it's stuff. And it's like, okay, it's called Battle.net, though. Like, that's, that's we what just this put is. Blizzard in the name. Yeah. So, so would you say that your program connects people on something similar to a network? Well, yes. So, Battle.net's not a bad name for it. Well, no. It's called yeah, Blizzard.net. It's, it's, it's weird. Maybe there's something more sinister to it, but it's one of those things where I'm like, this is just kind of stupid, Blizzard. They want people to remember Blizzard is the, uh, or people remember that Blizzard's what's helping them and keep them in that Blizzard ecosystem. I think a lot of this stems from them being very obsessed with keeping you inside of Blizzard's other games yeah. and not stemming too far outside of their little ecosystem. Yeah. No, it's... It, it's just weird to me. Like, as someone who does not have as many fond memories of the Battle.net system, I'm like, okay, whatever, it's a name change, but at the same time, I'm definitely sitting there going, but why are you doing this? Like, I know, like, in many ways, Battle.net is more iconic to me than some of your other franchises that I don't care about. Why are you trying to distance yourself from it? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Also, moving on from that... um, Remember when we talked about Valve changing their review system last week? Mm-hmm. Well, Valve has changed their review system again. Uh, I think it's a step towards better. It's kind of a halfway between what we talked about last week and what it was prior. Basically, it's all the reviews will show up, and you can delineate in the review types by whether it's a key activation or purchase within Steam, but I guess, I've, I've never noticed it before, do games have, like, scores or something that are associated with the games and reviews? Uh, I don't know, but I can look that yeah, up. Yeah, I've never noticed this, but they're talking about how only the only the scores from people The games that, do have scores on, like, how yeah. good they are. I don't know how fan-influenced that is. I, I don't know either, but apparently only scores that are from purchased copies will count towards the overall score, which I... I'm not opposed to. I don't think that's actually a bad compromise on the system. I think that makes 
a lot of sense. You're accomplishing the we don't want people that are probably a tad biased reviewing this game aspect of it, but you're still saying, no, if you love this game, fucking tell people about it. Like, if you kickstarted it, fucking yeah, but... It has the Metacritic. Yeah. Um, where you can review, read reviews and stuff. Though, honestly, the thing is, is that score thing is like halfway down the page. It, yeah. It, that is not the primary information they're trying to convey to you. Yeah. No, it's like like I said, I think it's a happy midway point kind of thing where it's like, okay, cool, whatever. <sighs> that works. Yeah. Remember Kurt Schilling, Jeff? I do remember Kurt Schilling. Remember his game, Kingdoms of Amalur? Uh, well, I remember a lot more about him than his game, but yeah, he did make a game. He made a game that supposedly wasn't bad, but still no one played. I am a big fan of that game. I think it's one of the best RPGs of that type ever made in some ways. Like, that game has an unforgivingly... That game is better at being Skyrim than Skyrim is, because the combat in that game is fun as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't say it was bad. I yeah. said it was not bad. <laughs> Well, so for those who follow that game anyway, you may remember that um, the state of Rhode Island gave Kurt Schilling a bunch of money, or specifically his studio, 38 Studios, to make a video game. And then when the game didn't do so great financially, for reasons, mm-hmm. chose to sue him. And stuff came out of kind of improperly used funds and some weird stuff and shit like that. So... It's been in the courts for a long time at this point, and as a result, well, for better or worse, they've come to an agreement, and $2.5 million settlement will be paid. It'll be paid by the studio's insurance policy, which makes a lot of sense, and sadly, for better or worse, they've moved on from making games to being kind of a weirdo on various sports shows and stuff like that, so, eh. Mm Mm-hmm. It's nice to see the story finally come to an end, even though it's kind of an annoying one. I would personally love A Kingdoms of Amalur 2, because that game was cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yep. That was definitely... It's unfortunate to see it go down the way it did. It'd be nice if they were able to finish the game. Uh, the game was more or less finished for the most part, but it's... I. What's the right or, word for it? I wish it didn't send them belly up. Yeah, and I think the reality is it's like game companies fail all the time to a certain extent. That game was stupid ambitious for a new company kind of thing. Like, holy crap, what were they thinking in some ways? And when a lot of people invest a lot of money in your company, unfortunately things happen. Like, it's... That game could have definitely been something, that franchise could have been something very interesting, but uh, just given the nature of the gaming world, it came out at not exactly the best time and was going up against not exactly the best competitors. Like I think it launched around the same time as Skyrim, which launching an RPG around that time point is insane. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It's like trying to launch a, mul- or a class-based multiplayer first-person shooter at the moment. Yeah, no, just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. Unless you're Paladin, and then you're basically just a ripoff of Overwatch. <laughs> but moving on from uh, moving on from that to some Grand Theft Auto Five news. Um, recently, there was a fantastically badass mod release with a bunch of HD textures that like just crank the graphics of that game 
to the stupid degree. Really? Yeah, it's it's beautiful. That game gets like photorealistic courtesy of this mod. It's damn. It gets a little beefy on your PC and stuff like that, but it's it's already a beefy game. It, yeah, this is this is no exception. That but this makes this game just look amazing. There's mm-hmm. a downside to it though. Uh, allegedly, some of the mo uh, the mod was made with a touch of someone else's code. Hey, Jeff, are you surprised a mod was made from code potentially taken from a different mod? No. Yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. It's a mod. This is how, this is unfortunately kind of how it happens. It's the it's the gray area of mods. Yes. They're built on stealing code and stealing IP. Yes. Like it, you mentioned last time, the lightsaber mod that uh, Bethesda can't officially associate with. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it all goes back to my IP. I understand mods are a insane amount of work and they are hard. Like people put some amazing amount of efforts into them and some make a little bit of money off like PayPal or tips or something like that for it, which is great that people can get paid to do what they love. But again, it's a mod. You don't legally own any part of it. And the fact that game companies put up with you doing this is always one of these ones where I'm like, this is insane that grant that rockstar hasn't been like, and now we own this. Mm-hmm. You can't own my work. Was it made for our game that we own all the rights to? Yeah, yeah, we do, actually. And if you read the, like, six pages of legal text, I'm sure you'll find that anything you make with it, we've already preemptively said is ours. Yep. Nah, it's like, a, and, and the reality is so many of the mods, like Skyrim's the perfect example where there is a mod that is used to enable a shit ton of, of other mods like it's the no no this is kind of the base mod why it makes enabling a bunch of other mods way easier and as a result a bunch of mods were made assuming you'd have that mod installed that's just nuts yep and there's also mods based on the idea of assuming you purchased a game yeah like i remember my biggest reason i didn't want to play day z was because it was going to force me to buy arma 2 yeah <laughs> Moving from not-so-happy Grand Theft Auto V news to something I am fucking stoked about. Grand Theft Auto V is getting an update that brings motorcycle clubs to the game formally, which I think is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's one of those... Why didn't we think of the sooner moments? Yeah, given all these social options they've done with that game, like the whole become a kingpin badass guy, I find that stuff cool, but I'm also sitting in the camp going, like, I just kind of want to be a biker king or something. Like, I don't mind being a criminal mastermind, but I'd rather be, like, an outlaw criminal mastermind. I don't want to be a white-collar criminal mastermind, even though that's where the big money is, but I like motorcycles in that game. I like shooting missions. I don't really care about the stock market or, like, oh, you have fancy cars. I'm like, fuck yeah, I got a cutlass I'm driving around because I think it's badass. Mm-hmm. No, it, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's I I thought one of the best things Grand Theft Auto did was for Grand Theft Auto 4 they had the Lost in the Dam DLC, which was incredible. And I'm glad mm-hmm. to see them finally doing something like that for Grand Theft Auto 5. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of details no, out awesome. about this aside that's coming. Um assume the wicked few will be setting up our <laughs> biker gang as soon as I can. Uh, you have Grand Theft Auto 5, Jeff, right? 
I do. I don't play it often, though. Yeah, we should do something with that, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think Alex has it, too. Mm-hmm. We go be okay. idiots in it or something. That'd be... Maybe that's a thing we should do in the future. Maybe. I'll ride motorcycles together or something. I can bitch about how unrealistic the motorcycle physics are in that game. <laughs> I'll sit there and smile and nod as I have never driven one. Yeah. <laughs> as someone who owns a motorcycle, that game's close, but also fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jeff. So I, 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 got, I got two final ones for you. Do you want mm-hmm. YouTubers being outraged about something, or do you want an, another iteration of the Vivendi hostile takeover of Ubisoft? Um, I'll start with the YouTubers and then move towards the Amoeba. Cool. So YouTube and its ongoing infinite wisdom has decided to gamify the YouTube creation process, if you will. Okay. Essentially, they're going to give you rewards. I didn't read too much into this, but I more enjoyed the outrage part of it for rewards in the form of perks and stuff like that for Mm -hmm. essentially doing your goddamn job as a YouTuber, like responding to comments, not letting racist crap just litter your comment section, engaging, all that stuff. They're incentivizing essentially the good running of a YouTube channel, if you will. I mean... It's a good idea. Yes. And people are annoyed by it because it means that in some cases they may actually have to put some work in. Like, Oh, poor baby. Yes, that's my reaction. If you're thinking about trying to do YouTube... What I think what they're going to need to do is they're going to have to add, like, mods. Not as in, like, modification, but as in, like, moderators. Yeah. So that, like, YouTubers can be like, okay, but I I have a self-policing community or something like that. Yeah. Like, if you want or to interact with my fan, or I have too many fans to keep all of the garbage off, respond to a lot of contents, and keep the racism out, like, so I'll let users within my community do that for me. Yeah. I can see that kind of being the next thing. No, and the issue some people have is the fact that, like, the higher level you are, you can flag videos and shit like that. Like, there, there is some us-policing-us situation going on, which... Might be great, but also could lead to some just kind of rampant train wreckiness. It's it's called YouTube Heroes, which I think is a really bad name for something like this. Does it punish anyone for not using it, or is it just rewards you for doing it? It more rewards you for doing it, at least as of right now. Okay. As long as they keep it that way, that's fine. Yeah. No, I guess the concern for a lot of people is you can, like, flag stuff as offensive and shit like that, and... I will fully admit, like, SWS can occasionally be mildly offensive. We've made fun of the Midwest a few times, and the Irish, mm-hmm. and Jews, mm-hmm. because I'm allowed to, because I'm Jewish, and Jim occasionally makes a joke, I look at him and go, no, people forget that you're Bengali with some frequency. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't translate, Jim. <laughs> that doesn't translate with audio, no. <laughs> People don't understand that you are both Muslim and Bengali and therefore are, quote, allowed to make those jokes. You're from Oklahoma and you sound like it occasionally. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of cool. I like that they're implementing that. It's forcing or getting um, high content YouTubers to interact with like their fan base, I think, is pretty Yeah, cool. and just interact with YouTube in general, I think, isn't necessarily a bad thing. I... I, it definitely supports YouTube's idea of keeping you there. Like, if they start making YouTube more a community and less a 
video service, like they're trying. It's the Blizzard thing again. They're trying to keep you from using other services. No, and I, and I think this kind of goes back to the topic we talked about last podcast or two podcasts ago, where there is, in many ways, a really random aspect getting big on YouTube, and a lot of people will spend a lot of time talking about how it's like this is how you get big on YouTube. This is like what you do, and. Some of those techniques work and some of them don't, but for the most part, a lot of the really, really, really big YouTubers like PewDiePie out there, it just kind of happened. And whether they agree or not, I personally think it's like, okay, if you're making several million dollars a year off YouTube, you'd better fucking give back a little bit. Mm -hmm. This is your job now. Act like it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, and our last news topic, a, a one that I have been personally following with just bated breath, and it is, yeah, it looks like Vivendi's going hostile takeover on Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. They are, num, posi- num, num. They are positioning themselves in such a way that they are fucking coming for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... How do you think this will impact Ubisoft? <laughs> so this, I, I don't know. I, I, I know Ubisoft is very concerned about how this might impact Ubisoft, mostly because the CEO has openly said, "If Vivendi takes over, I will no longer be the CEO." And okay, I, I don't think I've made it totally secret that I'm not a huge fan of Ubisoft as a company with some frequency, I think they've come up with some fantastic franchises and then ridden those fuckers into the ground. Like in so many ways, Hmm? you play. That's not the worst offense in my mind. Like the fact that we had fucking an assassin's creed every single year for like five or six years, that was ridiculous. And not all of them were good. And a bunch of them came up with like technical glitches, like of the assassin's creed. (laughs) You can make a list that's less than 50% of them of the good ones. Like, people genuinely agree Assassin's Creed 3 is kind of terrible. Mm -hmm. And that the pirate one fucking saved that franchise. But Mm -hmm. I don't know Vivendi. I'm always suspicious of large companies that own lots of other companies coming in and taking over companies. But I'm not going to lie. I'm not super happy with Ubisoft right now as an overall company. Like, they put out some broken racing games. A lot of their stuff is tower climbers. I loved Grow Home, but Grow Up is the grossest, hey, this was successful, let's make a half-ass sequel that kind of misses the point of the first one, cash in. I, I don't like what they've done with the Rayman games lately. They're cute and all, but at the same time... I, I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm you not. Think nec- a hostile takeover could benefit them. I think some new leadership could benefit them. I think being less Ubisoft and more Ubisoft, we have to make games now. Might not necessarily be a bad thing. I like the fact there's a Watch Dogs two baffles me because that generally wasn't a well received game. Like I really did not enjoy that game. And mm-hmm. I get I'm not the internet and I'm not like the general gaming public, but like the general consensus on that game was eh or to unfunctional. Yeah. 
No, like I heard it, a lot of negative lashback on that yeah, one. Yeah, when you get past the functionality of it, that game is just kind of shrugs your shoulders and go, okay, it's it's an open world game. Aiden Pierce is fucking unlikable as hell. This hacking stuff is nifty, I guess. But uh mm-hmm. Yeah, like I it's the I don't necessarily want more Assassin's Creed games. I would like something new. That game, that franchise brought us Far Cry 3. And then they brought us Far Cry 4, which wasn't really great. Like it was like you love Far Cry 3, didn't you? Yeah. We we did all the things you loved in the first one in a second game. N- no, you need to do a little bit more than that, Ubisoft. Like I I love Far Cry 3. I don't like Far Cry 4. It is not as good as Far Cry 3 is. That is like Far Cry 3.5 almost. It could be DLC almost. Like Blood Dragon. That game is a fantastic $15, one of the best DLC things you can ever get. They don't understand why it's successful. So they made a Blood Dragon offshoot of it with their, uh, what's it called? Um, Trials HD game. And it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think someone may be saying, okay, what's worked for you guys? Keep doing that, but also, this is what's not working for you guys, and not being all Ubisoft and French might actually be a good thing for that company. I don't know. I, I think some outside influence basically cramming a fucking get shit done down their throats might not mm-hmm. be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, could be good. Yeah, it could be good. Like, I, it's some of these things were kind of like it's this. We talked about this last week or two weeks ago. I still don't. Remember, I can't. I, can't, I know I keep saying I can't quite remember. EA just restructured to kind of have their game creation studio again. Whether you like EA or not, if a game of theirs flops, they don't go. We're gonna make a sequel and maybe try and fix it. They go. Well, that didn't work. We're not gonna make that. How Dead Space do? People fucking loved it. Make Dead Space two. Mm-hmm. How Dead Space 2 do? People still fucking loved it. Let's make Dead Space 3. We're at the cool EA we used to be, so we're going to marginalize it some. Why? Because it's the third sequel in a horror franchise game? Fair. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like... Ubisoft is big enough, and they've treated a bunch of their IPs kind of grind mill enough, I guess, that I kind of sit here and go... I'm okay with you guys getting kicked out of the company you built at this point because you've been kind of asking for it. Like, your, your temple is built upon Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, and Assassin's Creed at this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't they like They do have a games. tendency to kill the golden, or to bring out the golden goose. Yeah, the, the fact that there was a year where it's like, well, we're releasing one Assassin's Creed for the new consoles, and one for the old consoles, I've seen they're going like, no, you only release one. You don't need mm-hmm. two in a year. Just fucking embrace next gen. That's fine. People will understand. No, we're going to release Rogue. It's the pirate one, because the other one's like set in France. How about you just make a pirate game? That's what people loved about Black Flag. The Assassin's Creed part was the worst part of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting pulled out of the Animus sucked. Yes. Yeah, I... All right. That's all I got. I've spat my bile. I... <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Come forth, Vivendi. Swallow Ubisoft whole a little bit. I don't care if it took them 30 years to build that. 
You've spent the last 10 years pissing me off slowly, Ubisoft. I will be sad if this makes you a worse company because I've had some good times with you. But... Yeah. Hopefully someone else better at the better at the helm. Yeah, I, I I want some new management, I think. I think someone shaking that place up a little bit wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. And maybe someone who looks at things and says, we don't need an Assassin's Creed every year because we make more money if, like, one every two years it fucking knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's not a bad idea. No, and I, I guess, like, the last closing thought of this, Ubisoft's handling of all of this has been what's pissed me off the most, where you basically have the CEO, like, pleading with people. It's like, no, this will ruin Ubisoft. Don't let us get taken over. And you have me sitting there going, like, didn't you take over a bunch of smaller, beloved companies as well, you jackasses? <laughs> like, I'm this sure is Ubisoft what... has consumed a company or two along yes. its way. You're not the biggest fish in the pond, but you're big enough that you've done some jackassery over the years. To your point earlier, you have you play. <laughs> yes, I do not like you play. Yeah. Do I move on from there? Yeah, that's all I got on that one. That's it for news. That's like I said, not the most entertaining news week, but at least the Vivendi thing was kind of an interesting jumping off point. And yeah, let's see what happens with that. That it won't be quite a big Eve war to follow, I'm sure, but I could imagine a hostile takeover video game company could be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Hostile takeovers in general are kind of fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of, actually, maybe we should have done the YouTuber thing last and springboard off of it. But so, I know me and Jeff have kind of offline talked about it once or twice. We kind of allude to it every once in a while in the podcast. We talk about certain topics. This idea of there are now three camps, if you will, when it comes to the gaming mindset. You have gamers, games media, and I'm going to call it YouTubers, but that means like Twitchers, YouTubers, anyone that's streaming kind of the, uh, the, the pro-amateur media outlets, if you will, mm-hmm. that are all now part of this gaming space and kind of all fighting for the attention of the gaming space. Like you now have developers going straight to streamers to stream games and bypassing the media because it costs a lot less and because streamers are influenceable where it's like, hey, I'll pay you 500 bucks to pay this, play this game and not talk shit about it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal in the Destiny community because I think a bunch of the Destiny community YouTubers are part of the problem that game has at this point and... I'm actually always been envious of the League community, where that one actually seems to not... League itself is mildly toxic, but the YouTubing and Twitching community around it is, yep, here's the game we all love. Fucking watch it. It's, it is very... Well, it depends. There's a couple of different types of streamers for League. Sure. Because there's guys like CivHD who are purely entertaining, and they're not necessarily, like, the highest skill cap people. Yeah. And then there's also the professional players... And some of the retired professionals who have to be the combo platter of you need to both be exceedingly good and entertaining. And there's some guys like what Phantom Lord used to be that like really encapsulated this really well and they were kind of like this, like this magic bullet of it. And you'll watch sometimes these pros will retire to start a career in streaming 
and it won't take off. Yeah. Like, elements. And a lot of people are going to say, who's that guy? And say, well, look up Team Curse and CLG original. Um, streaming has not worked out for him. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, there, it really depends, and a lot of it does require the person to both be good at the game, and they actually have to be a decent human being in addition, which is kind of the basis for team synergy, is a lot of these teams, you know, if your scrim day doesn't go well and you lose ten games in a row, you better, you're, you want to be surrounded by people who can shrug that off, as opposed to people who are going to, you know, turn it into a team-wide internal conflict and yell at each other. Yeah. Um... So, it, League has been fortunate. There are a lot of members in its community, community that are really good streamers. Yeah, and I guess, like, the, the big difference, I guess, in my mind, in that somewhat, in that way, is, like, there's nothing to review in League. No one's sitting there going, like, well, patch 4.5 was fucking awesome, but 4.6, that's shitty, man. Well, they don't do it that way. They go, okay, new patch hit. You know, Evelyn sucks now. Don't play her. Yeah, that's different. Rise though. is a god. Like they, they, they don't review the patch as a whole. They inter- they review the individual components. Yeah, and the things that were affected by them. Yeah. No. And as YouTubers and podcasters, and I guess technically streamers, it's a weird place because I at least have actively made the decision for SWS that either our stuff is purely fun or purely editorial. We don't try and mix that stuff so much. The podcast is kind of the rare exception, but at the same time, I try and delineate the sections of it very noticeably. Like, it's not me and Jeff making up news we think would be cool to happen. It's, here's the news, and it's preceded by, here's what we've been up to. Here's us, it's unplugged kind of thing, and it's followed by, here's a topic, it's general discussion. We might be fucking wrong about this for all we know, but this is what we know and this is what we're going to talk about kind of thing, and you can yell at us or tell us we're wrong. Like, fucking, we would love it if you'd write in to t- uh, send us emails basically uh, asking us to ex- defend our positions more or something like that. But so, as a result, I've grown increasingly annoyed with, and we're going to go back to Destiny for a second, Every time Destiny expansions happen, the YouTubers and streamers say a fucking shitload of bullshit that's never in the game, and they make a giant deal of it. They're like, oh, this and that is going to happen, and I totally saw this, and I think this means this, and they treat it as though it's fact. And then, as a result, you have the community like, well, so-and-so said this was in the game. Where the fuck is it kind of thing? It's like, no, if you actually knew anything about what was going on, you'd know they were fucking full of it. And that happens too often, I think. There are too many not-professional-level things out there that have gotten big enough where they can act like professional things. Like, as as much as I'm not a fan of IGN or GameSpot at the end of the day, I respect their professionalism. The articles they put out are either obviously opinion pieces or obviously wish lists or, yep, here's a thing. This, These are the facts. We're not editorializing it. It's just, here's something that happened. Go nuts with it kind mm-hmm. of thing. The comments are below. Tell us we're wrong. It's very factual, yes. non-opinionated, and I, th- and I and I think you need that at this point in the world. Like it's th- there's so much. I don't want to call it jabber, but I can't think of it. Like YouTube is great speculation. There, no, it goes beyond speculation. Where it's like we at one point in time had the console wars. The console wars were fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. They 
were for no one's benefit except media and the companies that you were buying stuff from. And and I get the idea of I bought this thing, I want it to be the best. Fucking yeah, I, I totally get that. You want that, buy the highest NPC and you will never never technically be wrong. When it comes down to the knife fight between Sony and Microsoft, I like Sony because I like their controller more these days. In the Xbox 360 era, I played shooters on S360 because I like the controller better for that and everything else on the PS3 because it worked better for that. Personal preference. I was never like, oh, this game's better on so-and-so. It was the, I like playing this more on so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And this one seems to run it a little bit better occasionally, but who the fuck cares at that point? But it's now morphed into a collection of people that produce produce videos, produce content, produce a variety of things that are successful and make money, but also don't necessarily disclose all the information. Like, there keep being scandals about YouTubers not revealing they were paid to play a game or were sponsored by something and didn't reveal they were sponsored. Like, in some ways, the whole CSGO betting thing was a, t- was a weird version of this where it's like, no, 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 no. I'm pushing this gambling site that I actually fucking own. That's illegal, first off, and super immoral. But at the same time, if you were a journalist, there would be fucking ramifications for that. Your career would be over. Because mm-hmm. there's accountability at that point. And... I, I, I've been to, like, I've not been to two E3s. I've been there as a YouTuber, so I can't, not too many likes to stand on, but the fact there's now this concept of, like, I think it's called, like, tastemakers or something, or indist- special industry guests, where it's like, nope, we brought the YouTubers, and they have better access now than some of the press people do because they're more agreeable, won't call us on so much shit, and still have fanboy aspects to them, where they'll still get fucking hyped about shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I I think we're approaching a weird point in time because the idea of games journalism was at one point a thing that made a lot of sense. You had magazines, you had lots of websites. Like it was it there was a very direct definition of what it was and it's just getting muddied now. Like I it's such a weird topic for me. I think like the weirdest example I can give is inside gaming. Not the current one, back when it had Adam Kovic and um, Bruce on it and stuff like that, where during the day it was a kind of Let's Play comedy channel, but they put out a daily news article, a news video thing for Machinima. Mm-hmm. Made sense, and the two were very separate from each other, but they were even guilty of occasionally starting rumors or reporting on stuff where you would be sitting there going, like, that's not a fucking thing. Like, I, I get it, but... No, there's no way in hell that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... It's, there's such a, like, it's almost like it's a media frenzy kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm fortunate in League of Legends, like, whenever they release something, there's not really a speculative zone. Like, they basically, they tell you what a champion is going to be, and then they release his stats within like a week. Yeah, for better it's usually is. Yeah, for better or worse, you get to exist in the gaming space in a pretty controlled and like this is what it is environment. If Riot doesn't say this is a thing, it's probably not a thing. The rest of the gaming landscape is just kind of fucked a little bit. 
like down mm-hmm. to like um we talked about I think a, we talked about recently the idea that it's like Sony's saying yeah we're not doing mods because this thing is a powder keg. The like, the YouTuber reaction to that was one thing. The other side of it was people like me sitting there going like it's Sony's console. Like I, I it's shitty that you may have bought this game assuming there'd be mod support because Bethesda said that, but maybe Bethesda shouldn't have announced that before they had it running. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense. If you care this much about it, go play it on the Xbox One, or better yet, get the system that mods are intended for. Like, the idea of mods and early access on a console is terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. I guess to even, like, rewind it one step further, you had, um... Did you follow the Rooster Teeth Fallout 4 debacle at all? No. So, um, Rooster Teeth did a bunch of promotional work for Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. They were very upfront about it. But then they kind of... I, a bunch of reviews came out, and Jeff Gersman from Giant Bomb gave that game a very... or was very harsh on that game in the reviews. And... I don't necessarily disagree with his stance on that game, especially on the console versions of it. That game was and still kind of is a bit of a mess. It's better on PC, but still it's got some problems in my book. And you love Rooster Teeth. I'm kind of neutral on the Rooster Teeth. I think they're fantastic entertainers. They accidentally kind of kicked off a big thing where they were essentially calling out Jeff Gersman for not being fun because they were defending Fallout 4. And it spiraled in some really weird ways, because on one hand you had, no, this is just, this is a review. It's an opinion piece. It's kind of, it's an explanation. On the other hand, it's the, you all were sitting there wearing the Fallout 4 Pip-Boy wristband things that cost 100 bucks a piece with the game, telling someone they were being too hard on a game you just made a shit ton of money promoting and you think this in any way makes yourself, what's the right word for it, credible? Like, that's a bad look at that point. It depends. In their, in their company, there are people who are expected to be knowledgeable on news, and there's people that are expected to be strictly entertainers. Yeah. Like, it's basically what's that if someone's on the patch, they're expected to be knowledgeable. If they're not on the patch, they're expected to be the live talent that they actually are. Right, but at the same time, though, too, they got paid by Bethesda to make content. Maybe they're not in the best spot to be calling out a company that wasn't paid by Bethesda for saying, eh, maybe this game's not the best. I don't know enough on the topic or care. Not fair. <laughs> yeah. It, it literally, it was one did promotion for the game. The other, and the other was like, yep, we're a, we're a journalistic site. Here's a review. We think this mm-hmm. game's not great. And it, it, just got, it got entertainingly out of hand because on one hand you had the people like you had the Rooster Teeth fan club they're like it's Rooster Teeth and you had the other people basically being like but they did all this while like wearing Fallout 4 merchandise that kind of kills their credibility but it's Rooster Teeth you're, you're not listening to what we're saying like you're too into how it's Rooster Teeth and not the actual topic at hand I guess eh, I don't know I, I, I think it's an interesting topic that's just it's it keeps popping up. Like, the fact that we now have legal cases going on about YouTubers that didn't disclose they were being paid to do stuff, that's 
a thing that people should be more concerned about. Like, what is... Well, like, well, I think people should stop assuming that they're not being paid. Yeah, no, I think that's like definitely an assumption that. people should make. I, I, I think there's one of these things where it's like, on one hand, yeah, the games journalism area is slowly, I wouldn't say dying, but becoming maybe a little less relevant in some ways. But it's also been never been more relevant because you have jackasses like me and you making videos of games where it's like, yeah, we think this game is cool. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. Like, fuck, I endorsed Prototype 2 last week. Prototype 2 <laughs> is not a great game. It's at best a 3 out of 5, maybe a 2 out of 5, but I love it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, also, they're not giving you any money to say that. Yeah, no, I, they're not. I would love to be paid to say Prototype Two was a great game. It's not, but it's got some real fun parts. Like, um, when I met your roommate, he's like, "I want you to explain your stance on Dishonored more." My opinion on Dishonored is one purely of my opinion, and it's a, it's not a review. It's the this is what I think of Dishonored. That game overall is a great game. Me as a gamer thinks that game has some problems. Mm-hmm. I do not approach any of my conversations on this topic from a kind of journalistic editorial review standpoint. I'm not comparing it to other games. It's me saying, here's what I thought. On a scale of Charlie did or did to did not like? Yes, basically. It's like, what did Charlie think of this? Charlie thought it was okay, except for this stuff. Like, it's Rise of Iron. Charlie thinks this is okay because it's more Destiny content. Will Charlie be playing more Destiny this week? I don't know. Maybe not. I'm kind of pissed off with the game right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you got need... that out of your system. <laughs> yeah, like you need subjective people out there because you shouldn't listen to me or you say this game is great without understanding our biases or being able to back it up in a more like here's my re- we should have, it's like, you should have to explain yourself as to why you like something. That's totally valid, and that's what gaming media does. YouTubers don't do that. We're all about like the reaction and the like, yeah, it's a thing! Fucking hype! I ripped that dude's head off. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as we take it most of the time. Yeah, People uh, are mistaking entertainers for journalists. No, yes, I, I'm sorry. I'm taking it into a real-world real situation we have actors out there telling people not to vaccinate kids while doctors are standing there going like but they're actors what do they know about medicine mm-hmm. yeah I've... yeah entertainment's not a good pl- place to get your news on anything no <laughs> but you should keep listening to the news section of this podcast because it's not going anywhere yeah <laughs> We hope we're well, entertaining. The thing is here is that would be assuming that we're considered entertaining. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we are the NPR of the gaming world. <laughs> Dour, serious, full of bad dad jokes. <laughs> Nothing but smooth jazz for the intro and extra. Or Tibetan I'll, throat. I'll get right on that. Yeah. Bring me the or, smoothest or, of jazz. Or maybe I just need, I'm playing it from the wrong angle. Yeah, the intro and the outro are just already smooth jazz. How, how, <laughs> the maybe my, con, my definition of smooth jazz just needs to be readjusted. So smooth butter is rough by comparison. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I guess it roped the gaming topic back, the gamer topic back into it. Like, it's purely, it's a be careful where you're getting your information from because. On one hand, you have one group that gets paid not to mislead you, 
And on the other hand, you have a group concerned about views and fan communities and subs and all that stuff where you're going to make money wherever you can. Like I, I think the joke I've had about SWS for a long time is if anyone wants us to not play a video game or play a video game, we fucking would do that in a heartbeat because we're trying to make money off this. I might move away from that stance after a period of time, but we're not journalists. We can tell you the news from other journalists. I, we try and give you a good spin on it, but we're not going to say no to a sponsorship that might say, hey, and you can't bash so-and-so on your podcast anymore. We'll just not talk about that ever again. Mm -hmm. Self-promotion part. <laughs> no, okay. not really. Just the, like, here's the reality of it. Yep. We have bills to pay, too. Yeah, no, it's... I, I would love if SWS were to someday become like saying on the par of like Giant Bomb or something like that, but we're nowhere near that. And the reality is, it's everything we do costs money, and we love doing it. But occasionally, it's like, man, it'd be cool to make a little bit of money off this every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, labor of love still. Yep, a most lovely of labors. Yes. I think that about does it for our main topic, unless you got some burning thing to say. I'm, like, fucking flat-out exhausted. No, I can I tell. I have, like, no mental energy. Yeah, sorry one about of the that. Thi one of the behind-the-scene things about these is we always could talk about the fact I'm on the East Coast and he's on the West, but the one ramification of that we don't usually talk about is the fact the three-hour time difference means I'm up way too late to, like, or just so that he can be out of work in time. Yeah. No, and I also leave work early on Thursdays to try and get this done at a reasonable time so, like, Jeff's not dying by the end. I had, yep. The job I had prior to the job I currently have, we ended at three. In the, at the, Our end of the day was three, which was fantastic for Jeff. But I have a real job now that ends a little bit later. Yep. So. Yeah. But I'm still here. I didn't quit. <laughs> no, he's still here. Jeff's not going I anywhere. I thought about it. That's for certain. <laughs> Can I quit yet? No. <laughs> You're still under contract. I don't have a contract. I have a contract? Yes. <laughs> okay, Lucifer. <laughs> Yay, full circle. That might not make it into the preamble this week, so... Ah, mystery preamble. You might have to wait weeks or even years or ever. Until Jeff gets drunk again. There. Yeah, until Jeff gets drunk again, we do another just preamble podcast. Or, or probably the holiday Who season. Knows? Or it could be, or it could be the the preamble. I have no way to know. <laughs> I am a fickle and choosy preamble god. <laughs> I choose what stays and what winds up in future stuff. <laughs> but that's neither but. here nor there. Uh, so thank you for joining us as always. This is kind of, we're kind of coming to the end of this. If you'd like to email us about. Anything we've said, correct us, tell us we're great, tell us we suck, etc., etc. You can reach us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. There's also a link down in the show notes. We can also be found on the YouTubes under Something Wicked Studios, on Twitch under SWS Live, um, and at somethingwickedstudios.net. There's also a Twitter and an Instagram out there for us under Something Wicked Studios or SW Studios with a Z at the end because reasons that I've explained too many times. <laughs> We'd love to have the SW Studios with an S from that jackass who's posted like nine things ever. But he <laughs> won't respond to me because I think he's idling. Mm -hmm. 
But that's neither here nor there. So, uh, oh yes, also look forward to the return of normal-ish content next week. Um, hopefully I'll get the Hitman stuff up and running soon, because that'd be fun to have kicked off already, but I've been busy jet-setting and working and jet-setting some more, which gets in the way of editing time and streaming and all that stuff. Um, look forward to the start of Thursday night streams. That should start up. The week you're hearing this, but it might start up the week after. I have no idea how that will work. It might be a train wreck. It might be great. We shall see. Mm-hmm. We'll pro- experiment. Yes, that will probably start it's off with experiment. Y- It'll probably start off with Yakuza Three because I need an excuse to play that game in some type of media-driven form. And yeah, nice. You want to take us out, Jeff? Say. um... I don't think I have any brilliant words of wisdom because my brain's completely shot at the moment, so I'm just going to take it straight to the incantation and say, cue the metal. Woo!